Well, we are heading into a season, as you're well aware, a season where we kind of get back to normal a little bit, right? And everybody's going back to school. Some of the fall sports are picking up. We've got some college students going back. If not this last week, then I think this upcoming week. Uh, most of the vacations are wrapping up. And it's, you just kind of get back to your normal family rhythm, rhythms. I know it's true for my family, but it's true for church world too. You know, uh, obviously, church continues on and you have your services through the summer, but things are just a little different. People are coming and going and, and it just has a, a little bit of a different vibe in the summer. And so for the next few weeks, I really want to just take Take some time to recalibrate a little bit in some ways and, and revisit um, some of the foundational things that, that kind of define who we are, okay? Not, not necessarily, uh, like in the last three weeks, we did a series called Basic where we talked about uh, some core beliefs that, that really define our faith and who we are as believers. But next couple of weeks, really some, some, some foundational fieldstone type of things and, and recalibrate with some of those because we've got some old rhythms that are that are continuing on. We've got our Sunday morning services that, that have been happening for just shy of a year now. Uh, we've got our dream team, which is our volunteer team. Uh, they've been plugging away for almost a year now, even longer for some of them who are part of our launch team. Um, and yet we, we've got those old rhythms that are getting back to kind of the normal feel. But then we've got some new rhythms that are coming where we're launching our small group ministry. So you see some of the tables around the room. All of our volunteers have the Fieldstone group shirts. Um, they call them grow-ups. That wasn't on purpose, but I guess it kind of applies uh, in some ways. Uh, but you're going to hear more and more of what it means to get small and get away, and we're going to unpack each of those things over the next couple weeks. And today is kind of a setup for those things, and our goal for the next three weeks is to wrap up a little bit early. Usually we go to about 11.30, hoping to finish by about 11.15, 11.20 each week the next few weeks, and that's going to be on me. We're doing the normal music, so really, if I can shut up in time, You'll have a little bit of extra time to engage in some of the small group stuff. Um, but, but today, I want to open and set up the next couple weeks by talking about the health of your soul. And I, and I'm, I need some help to, to do this one. And I asked Susie. I don't know where she's at. Susie, come on up. Um, all she knows is she's coming up on stage this morning. Uh, so I asked Susie because I had an interaction a number of years ago at a, at a different ministry I was serving in and uh, had a conversation with someone. Oh, yeah, you want to grab that mic? Whatever number that is, we'll give Evan a heads up. Number three, Evan. So I asked Susie, instead of me just telling you how the conversation went, I needed a sounding board to really get in touch with the emotions that I was feeling as a part of this conversation. It's very short. This is Susie's first time seeing the script. She's got some, some short little lines. So Susie, get in the mindset. You are someone who is in leadership at this particular ministry, and you're approaching me, and we're having a conversation. You and I talk maybe two or three times a year. And so that's kind of the nature of this conversation. You're, you're just, you know, we, okay. we, we met in the hallway, <laughs> and you decided to, to engage in conversation. So please introduce. Hey, Justin, how are things going? You know what? We're actually doing really well. We're, we're in a good groove right now. Nothing's too high. Nothing's too low. I think we're in a pretty good spot. We're just nice and steady. Things got crazy for a while, so we just decided to back off and find some balance, and, and things are... Things are steady. Things are good. Things, things are healthy, I think. Hmm. We're going to have to find a way to light a fire under you and your team. Got to get some things going to keep you guys from getting too comfortable. Oh, see, I, 
I made the false assumption that since you and I interact maybe once or twice a year, you might actually be somewhat interested or concerned about the well-being of me and my family. But you just wanted to know if me and my team were excelling at our jobs and producing the right kind of results that would match up with your, ex- with your expectations, which up to this point are still unspoken expectations. But I apologize for getting personal with you. What I meant to say was, oh, wow, you know, Man, things are really on fire right now. We're loving and leading and God is on the move and can't wait to reveal some new initiatives that we're going to be rolling out, but we're still in the research and development phase. But man, it's going to be awesome. And again, I apologize for answering that question in a personal way. Thank you. Let's give Susie a hand for uh, digging up some of those emotions for me. That was a real conversation. Um, Some of the conversation was just in my head at the time. But that was a real question, a real conversation, and that's how I felt walking away. But now, I want to be honest, I am not, I am not Mr. Be More Transparent at Church guy, okay? Now, I'm all for authentic, authentic being genuine, being who you are, being the same out there as you are in here. Authentic is great in this setting, but transparent, transparent is saying everything to everyone. Now, I don't think that you should say everything to everyone, There's a time and a place for that. There's a context for that where it could be a healthy thing. I don't want you to step up to the coffee table and someone says, hey, how are things going? You just spew everything going on in your life, good or bad, personal or not personal. Okay, So, So I'm not about just being transparent everywhere. However, I do recognize the the shallow nature of some of our conversations in a setting like this. It's natural. It's going to happen. But uh, everything comes up in conversation except for the truly important stuff. But that's why if, if you were here back in June, we did a series called Roots where each week we interviewed a different person, different family from Fieldstone and got below the surface a little bit, got to know their story a little bit deeper, their, their family history, their, their current struggles and victories. And that was refreshing because we got to hear more than just usual coffee table talk, right? We, we got a little bit deeper. But when you ask questions like, how are you, and we get responses like, good, we often gloss over the deeper meaning of that question, how are you? And if someone says they're good, if they appear good, then we're good with that, right? And we walk around with the assumption that the soul and the health of our soul is a given. We we evaluate people and say, okay, if life is good, if work is good, if the kids are good, their insides must be good too. And when we assume someone's health, all of a sudden, we're surprised when they walk away from church, they walk away from their marriage, or they, they make a split-second decision that seems 180 degrees different than what we thought that they were, who we thought that they were, and, and we're surprised when they fall into depression or even have suicidal thoughts, or, 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 or they just do something that it appears to come out of nowhere with little or no warning. We're surprised by that because we assumed health for them based on what we saw on the outside, based on what we saw, based on what we heard. And and there's an interesting exchange um, in this tiny little book in the New Testament called 3 John. And uh, I'm going to just look at it real quick this morning. And uh, in in this situation, there's, he says a whole lot in just a few sentences. He says a whole lot. In this situation, it's the same John who wrote the Gospel of John. So you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John wrote John, very appropriately named, Uh, But he also wrote some letters to friends, to churches that he was connected with personally. In this particular one, he's writing to a friend, and he has some encouragements for him, some reminders for him. 
And so in 3 John, there's not even a chapter. It's just one chapter. So in 3 John, verse 1, he says, To my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and, they all, and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. I pray that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. Now, in, in another translation of this verse in the NASB, and if you're newer to church world, there's the NIV, which is the one we usually quote from. There's NASB. King James is the, the popular one. So you got all these different things. NASB is one that's very close So a direct interpretation from the original language. So in the NASB, it says, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. So that word soul, that word soul that he uses there, that means the breath of life, the vital force that animates the body. That's the seed of the feelings, desires, emotions, affections, and aversions. And so we see this word in other places in Scripture. So when, when the Bible says that Jesus came not to, not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many, that word is the same word used here for soul. He gave his life as a ransom for many. That's this word, where it says, greater love has no man than when he lays down his life for his friends. That's the same word, and it really kind of gives that verse a little bit new meaning, because it's more than just dying. That's your whole self. That's everything who you are, laying that down on behalf of someone else. Any verses where it references the soul in in terms of eternity, where you're going to spend heaven and hell stuff forever type of stuff. That's this same word that's used. It's an all-encompassing, it's an inward, eternal self. It's who you really are. And so outside health is important, your mental health, your physical health, all of that stuff. But it all, it all pales in comparison to the status of your soul because that's who you really are. Your soul is who you really are. So when he says, when John says, I pray that you would prosper and that your soul would prosper, he's saying, I want you to be healthy on the outside and I want you to be healthy on the inside. Now, in many ways, and, and there are verses that we'll probably hit on in sermons uh, in, over the years, there are verses that would say, yeah, the stuff out here is a reflection of what's going on in here. The, the things you say, things you do, it's, a refle- it's an outpouring of what's happening in your heart. But we all know that you can fake it out here for a while. You get in the right context, or on the right people, in the right settings. You can fake it. You can pretend to be something different than what you are in here, but only for a while. And the major implication that we get from John here is, is two parts. Number one, you have a soul, and that's who you really are. You have a soul, and the health of your soul is not a given. The health of your soul is not guaranteed. He, he wouldn't be praying, I pray that you would be in good health and pray that you would have a safe journey and pray for his soul to prosper unless it was possible for the opposite to be true. And it's just like everything else that we pray, right? Same way we pray for everything else. You pray for safe travels because it's not a given, right? You, you, you pray for someone to meet Jesus because that's not a guarantee. You, you wouldn't pray for your kids if, you, if their teen years were guaranteed to be a smooth ride, right? It's not going to happen. You wouldn't pray for your marriage and other people's marriage if longevity and health was a given. But it's not a given. And so we pray for those things. We ask God to move in those situations and act on our behalf because we know that the opposite of what we're praying for could be true and could be a reality. And so uh, the health of your soul is the same way. It's not a given. And so what exactly are you doing to care for it? 
Because if you're physically unhealthy, if you're mentally unhealthy, when we let those things go, we see the tangible effects, effects of that, and we can see the practical realities of an unhealthy body, an unhealthy mind out here in the world. But what about your soul? What are you doing to recognize the health or lack thereof of your soul? And then what are you doing about it? Well, John continues on with a couple other verses, and, and I think um, kind of gives some things that he looks at in his friend that would indicate to him that his friend is healthy and, and that his soul is prospering. Okay, so we continue on, and um, I'll, I'll read two again. Uh, Kathy, you don't have to put it up there again, but basically looking at verse 3. 3 John 3, coming out. So, I pray that all would be well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. Verse 3, it gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. So when it comes to the health of your soul, he would indicate here that there's an element of pursuing and walking in the truth as an individual. Being healthy, having a prosperous soul, there's an element of pursuing and walking in the truth as an individual. Walking in the truth cannot be done without an intimate knowledge of the truth. So are you ingesting and digesting the truth? Are you taking it in? Are you, are you receiving it? Are you, are you sitting under preaching and teaching in various forms, whether that's live or a podcast or whatever? Um, are you reading Scripture? Are you taking it in that way? Maybe some uh, su- supplemental resources along with that, whether it's a devotional or a study guide, whatever. Are you taking it in in that way? Are you finding time to be alone with God and engage in that two-way conversation with Him where you're expressing your hopes and your desires and your needs and your frustrations and, and your excitements and celebrations? Are you expressing those to Him and then getting in a place where you can be quiet and receive something back from Him? Where He'll help you digest and apply what you've been reading or what you've been hearing, and he can speak into your life and speak encouragement and accountability and challenge. Are you experiencing that relationship with God on an individual level? Are you walking in the truth? Because as John talks about, it seems like that's an element of having a healthy, prosperous soul. He continues on, verse 4. He says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. So now we're not talking about just one person. We're talking about children, people that are a part of a family. And so when it comes to a prosperous, healthy soul, there's an element of pursuing and walking in the truth as an individual, but there's also an element of pursuing and walking in the truth together as a part of a body, as a part of a family, not living on an island, but experiencing and digesting the truth as a part of a community. For us, as you're going to hear over the next few weeks and as we're starting today, our small groups are going to be a great environment to experience that. Because here's the thing, like church is very much corporate, right? Church is a, a group gathering. It's a lot, of, a lot of people here, a lot of people in other churches. But at the same time, what you experience here is very much on an individual level, right? Like how are you receiving and engaging in the music and, and how are you receiving and engaging in the preaching? And, and you can talk to whoever you want. You can talk to nobody if you want. So it's corporate, but it can be a very individualistic experience. But when it comes to a thing like a small group, all of a sudden you're engaging in a more intimate, close, smaller community where you can share life and talk about Scripture and talk about what God's doing in your life and where your struggles are and where your celebrations are. And all of a sudden, instead of just engaging in the truth on an individual level, you engage in it together and walk in the truth as a community and as a family. A huge element when it comes to the health and prosperous journey for your soul. 
And then the third thing, you got the element of pursuing and walking in the truth as an individual. You've got an element of pursuing and walking in the truth together. And then there's an element of serving each other and together serving others. Verse 5 and 6. Dear friends, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters. And when he says brothers and sisters, he's talking about fellow believers, others who are a part of that family. Even though they might be strangers to you, they've told the church about your love. Please send them on their way in a manner that honors God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought, therefore, to show hospitality to such people so that we may work together for the truth. So we do it because of the truth. For the sake of the truth, we serve each other and then serve others. And it doesn't always happen inside the walls of the church. This is certainly a great place to engage in serving and using your gifts It shouldn't just happen here. It should happen here as we serve each other and then serve others who are outside of this place or maybe coming here for the first time. But serving each other and serving others is a huge part of being part of a local church. And we call our team the dream team. That's all of our volunteers, so people that you see on Sundays with lanyards. And today they're wearing these shirts, and hopefully next week, as long as they wash them, uh, you'll see those shirts again. But there's, there's when it comes to the health of your soul... It's engaging in the truth on an individual level, your personal relationship with Christ. And then there's pursuing and engaging the truth as part of a community, as part of a family. But then because of that truth and on behalf of that truth, there's an element of serving people and serving each other and engaging in that practice together. And here's the thing, like we're, we're not... Uh, we're not a church that has every single possibility when it comes to serving, Okay? I worked at a church once that had a smoke detector ministry. So if you were passionate about smoke detectors, boom, that was for you. And no matter what you were good at, there was something to do. We are more limited in those arenas. But here's what I believe. I believe that if God has called you to be a part of a family at Fieldstone Church in Milan, Michigan, then you are uniquely gifted to help build up and serve and grow and reach the people of this community as a part of this church. So we'd love to talk to you about engaging with that, but that's one of those elements. And so as we continue over the next couple weeks, we're going to be talking about what it means to get small, either as a part of a serving team or a part of a small group, what it means to get away and engage in your relationship with Jesus one-on-one and expanding in that opportunity. But the question remains, are you having a healthy and prosperous journey at the soul level? Are you pursuing Jesus and the truth he gave us? Are you experiencing the soul strengthening that happens in fellowship with others who are also pursuing the truth? And are you experiencing the soul-stretching joy of serving on behalf of that truth? We're going to pick up with some of those questions next week, but really, the answers to those questions will have a lot to say about the health of your experience personally. And it'll have a whole lot to say about our long-term health as a church family. So we'll pick up those questions again next week. Let's pray. God, uh, thank you for a simple reminder. God, from a man like John who served you with his entire life right up to the very end and looked back and saw his young, some young friends coming up after him and just reminded them, and a chance to remind us, God, that our soul's health is not a certainty. God, help us to be intentional about that as much as we're intentional about our physical and mental and other areas of our health. And God, as we get healthy as individuals, as we get healthy together, 
and God, and as we serve others out of that pursuit of health, I pray that you would continue to do huge, life-transforming things, family-tree-transforming things here as a result of what you're doing. We love you, and we thank you for letting us be a part of it. In Jesus' name, amen.